guys. Hello. Welcome to Soberish. This is my first episode of Soberish, not in the studio. I'm sure Brian is at home right now having a fucking cow listening to the audio. Oh my God. What is your last name? Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, Edwards. What is it on Instagram? Anamkara. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because my astrology outfit is called. Anamkara Astrology. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. All right. I was like, oh, I forgot to ask her last name. This is Elise. Yeah. This is Elise. Hey, guys. I am Jessa. Here is the motherfucking astrology episode. You have no idea how excited everyone is going to be. They've been <laughs> waiting for this. Well, you totally sold me on the pattern. I haven't even fucked with the pattern yet. Have You You haven't looked at it I yet? I haven't, but I've been told really good things by people that are I feel are like way more advanced in astrology. Than it's such good transit stuff, and it's so specific, because I hate it when people are like, it's astrology is general stuff. The person who said it on my Instagram story recently was like, it's also general, and then called me a Taurus, and I was like, oh yeah, super. Wait, a tourist or a Taurus? A Taurus. Because they're, they're wrong in both, I feel. Yeah, I mean, that's the worst description of me possible. It's also great proof that it's not general because there's nothing about a Taurus that would describe me at all. There's, like, nothing. So, anyway. Sorry, I was distracted by... So, the pattern. Uh, are they, like, gonna... Can they sponsor you? Like, that would be great. They really... <laughs> you know how many fucking businesses should run ads on my podcast? Seriously. So we have my birth chart here, which is pretty, right? It's a pretty birth chart. I'm going to make it the cover of this episode. I used to be sad because I didn't have the cross. I wanted that fucking grand cross in my chart. You don't want a grand cross. I don't want no, a grand cross. I have crush. a grand cross and it's bullshit. Oh, it's really? really? It's really tragic. Yeah, because you have these, you know, series of squares and these oppositions. And like when you think you have it all you know balance and whatnot something transits one of it <laughs> and then like your whole your whole life goes to shit so let's talk a little bit about you thought i was an aquarius just judging by my personality well there's so much about you i definitely thought you were an aquarius um one because i responded so much to you and your comedy and i was like but also i was like you're I felt that you were really different from me and I'm a, I'm a Leo. Okay. And so I was like, it makes sense that I'm like responding, but like also feel like can feel like the difference. Um, but then I definitely looked at your chart mm -hmm. and not, oh, well, I also knew that you were, that you had Pisces influence. I was like, you have, you have to have strong Pisces influence, the meth addict, the, the whole, the drugs and just surrender and all this kind of stuff situation that I were all things that I really responded to. I have Neptune in the first house. Um, <laughs> I was like, you got to have heavy Pisces influence. I was like, you're definitely an Aquarius with like heavy, heavy Pisces influence. Turns out just a Pisces with Pisces influence. You're a fucking dead ass Pisces. But you have, zero degrees doesn't make a difference. Are you one of these people that don't believe in cusps? Oh, I I don't believe in cusps at all. And in fact, the zero degree, the zero to one degree of any sign and the very last degree of a sign are the most powerful. Like they actually encapsulate everything that 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 sign Whoa. is about yeah like i come from the karmic astrology persuasion so like i have a lot of like conscious choice was involved in you writing your chart and this kind of stuff <gasps> oh my god i never even heard of that but that makes so much fucking sense oh yeah like in karmic astrology and from where i come from you your natal chart's actually a roadmap that you wrote for yourself so that you can tell so you can chart where it is that your soul has been what it's learned in the past what it comes into Holy with all shit. of these like preconceived notions of the stuff because you know it's you know like your moon sign is very karmic it's stuff that you've just been um that you've repeated you know emotional existence or patterns so now this is what you look for this is how you operate this is how you nurture yourself and all that kind of stuff um and then you know you also have charted what it is you came back to Hogwarts to do. Right. Physical existence isn't like all fun and games, right? right. It's kind of blows. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So that's how you, then you look to see, you know, to your lunar nodes and stuff like that. What is it that I need to integrate into my existence, into my process for my soul to evolve? Um, so, yeah. So I'm like, I, I believe in you 
chose everything down to your name, you know, the parents that you were born to. Um, I love it. So that you gave yourself, I also call it like you you wound your own watch. And then that watch is like very, just individual to you, you know. I've never heard that description of cusps before. I only heard that people agree with them or don't agree with them. But I've weirdly just... My personality was so Aquarius until like two months ago. I could see Pisces in childhood and then my personality was so Aquarius. Now my Mars and Mercury are in Aquarius and I think I've been living most of my life as my protective self. Mm -hmm. Would that track with Mars and Mercury? Well, yeah, I would definitely also look to, to see your progressions and to see if anything's like progressed into the sign of Aquarius. Um, but your Mars and Mercury being in Aquarius is definitely big because, well, Mercury is your chart ruler because your, your ascendant is in Virgo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, let's just, let's just give a little like, oh, yeah, let, yeah, let's yeah. just do like what we do in orbits, which is, you know, sun, moon, ascendant, and okay. just kind of give you like a general, that's your trifecta, it's your foundation. So um, your sun and your moon are both in Pisces, which is the last sign of the Zodiac. It is literally the sign that like goes back to God. If you, if you look at the Zodiac as you start as an infant yeah, and then you go, when you, you return to the big nebulous mist that we're all, you know, come from. So now um, this is for all of the Aries. Cause I, when I talk about astrology, mm-hmm. they say I always shit on Aries because I'm always just like Aries is a fucking child. There was a joke once where someone said that Jesus's birthday was in April. And I was like, there's no way Jesus was a fucking Aries. And then I've gotten a lot of shit from that from Aries fans. But what I'm talking about is that the Aries is the child of the zodiac right, right? It's, yeah. it's the it's the infant infant so um and and the infant first learns that it is right with its yeah. first gasp and it doesn't really care about anything else because it's not aware of anything else yeah that's a pretty good description of the aries right yeah no i mean it is so what's interesting is like you know it's the first fire sign um of the zodiac uh aries and then and and so you can't get mad at it this yeah. is yeah you can't get mad at it because, like, you don't, a, a baby, you don't, like, you don't, like, hit a baby for screaming or just being, like, I, I need, I need to do this or, it yeah. just, Aries is the leap before it looks, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's why Aries is the impulsive, you know, it, it is, it encapsulates the impulse of life. It just happens, you know? Yeah. And then by the time you get to Leo, it's like gotten a few other, you know, years of knowledge under its belt. It's learned that I am and then I have and then I think and I feel and now we're ready to create. And then it has the will to do stuff. So when a Leo does something, I'm <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, very much, uh, and Leo is associated to the um, the adolescent slash teenage years okay. in, in cognitive development and just, you know, the circle of life. So, yeah, you don't scream, you don't yell at a baby for doing right. what it does, but you definitely yell at a teenager for... Right. Doing something that's against your will. I will make fun of a baby on a podcast, though. So keep that in mind, Aries. <laughs> no, they're definitely, they can be very infantile. Mm-hmm. But they're also really about it. But, but also, you know, your your Venus is in, oh, in Aries. Oh, do I know yeah. that my Venus is in Aries? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a great fucking description of me and love. I love it. I gotta say, one of the best, I personally feel the best... Um, what is David Piccolomini's podcast? The uh, the Tinder, Tinder tales? tales, fucking right. Your Tinder Tales was the funniest Tinder Tales I've ever heard. Oh, here's yeah. an Aaron. It was yeah. so funny, and I felt a, a lot of. Uh, God, we were only one threesome in on that episode too. I know. God damn, we should go back. Yeah, you have to. Please yeah. tell us the tell the rest of us how to do it. I'm not even on <laughs> Tinder. Like, but you guys made me want to be on Tinder. I was like, if it's gonna work yeah. out like this, this sounds great. But very Aries, uh, Venus. Okay, so my overall thing. So um, Pisces is artistic and you know nebulous and um, and it's em- empathic, right? Yeah. And then and it has no boundaries. That's like that's the going back to God. It's like letting go of the physical limitations that physical existence you know puts on the spirit, and then the spirit just gets to like go back to what it came from. Wow. Um, so both your self identity and your emotional 
like mode of operation are both in this like very loving, compassionate, artistic, kind of diffuse, right? Because yeah. like it's all things at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, watery, you know, water energy. Yeah. And then your ascendant sign, which is how you see the world and therefore how the world sees you upon first encounter is the opposite sign of Virgo. Yeah. And Virgo has all the boundaries. <laughs> Vir- yeah. Virgo is literally the sign of discrimination and learning how to perfect and refine things. So, and you have to be di- like, you have to be able to discriminate between, you know, this and that. And the rest of you is like not into it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because the way you come off when upon first meeting you is like very like, oh no, this person has their boundaries up. Oh no, this person is consistently judging me for what I am or not doing and analyzing me. Fuck a revelation and all this love stuff in the last couple of years. Um, really kind of meeting my shadow is that I have no boundaries. Yeah. You can push me into anything you get. Like I have, the only thing I have is I have a, a, a steel gate far enough out. That's really an illusion. It's really just the way I carry myself that makes, that gives the illusion that I won't take any shit when Mm -hmm. I am in fact fully prepared to take so much shit. To take all the shit. And that has really like crumbled in the last year to where I don't even have that anymore. And it really kind of tapped me more into this Pisces energy because I carried myself like an Aquarius, Mm -hmm. but it was all kind of a facade because in reality, if you, figured out that you could get past that or if I let you in past that you could just do whatever you want because I'm like incapable was incapable of having boundaries it was a very difficult uh thing for me so yeah. I don't know what happened but I learned that in the last few months really right well it's funny because I also have learned boundaries in the for in the past you know year about about yeah. the past year. Yeah. And it's funny because I uh, I didn't know that I didn't have boundaries or that I wasn't putting up boundaries yeah. in the right places. Because I am very consciously like, I want to see the world as we are one, you know? Yep. Um, and then I realized that when boundaries that I didn't even know were there were being, you know, harmed or disrespected or or just plowed through it was because that person was didn't respect me so obviously if I don't respect my boundaries someone else isn't going to respect my boundaries right but the only time it became a problem is when someone actually didn't respect what was behind the boundary which is myself yeah that I that red flag came up and I was like oh my god what are these red flags where are they coming from because I hadn't identified the boundaries so it's a really interesting uh, path that a lot of people have been on for the last year. Oh, my God. It's, it's been the word boundaries for the last few months, but it's like the the cumulative effects of the journey of the last year has been like, oh, shit. I have walls. Yeah. I have walls that keep me away from things that could be positive, but like just boundaries, just like healthy boundaries is a new concept, I guess. Totally. A hundred percent. I wonder if it has something to do with the age of Aquarius. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, we're moving into it. We're going to be in it for like 2,100 years. But yeah. Oh, we uh, could do a whole episode on that because that's all Soberish is about. Is the age of Aquarius? Uh huh. No way. Yeah. Soberish for four episodes was about addiction. And now it's just about the um, the uh, ascension into higher dimensional reality, which is the age of Aquarius. This is fucking amazing. I think this is like why you were put on this earth. I'm not even yeah. like, look, I'm not looking at your map, but but because you spent so long thinking that you were an Aquarius mm-hmm. and we're coming from the age of Pisces. We are at like zero the age of Aquarius between Pisces and Aquarius, right? right? Uh-huh. And so that means that we're like in the most ultimate Aquarius-ness yeah. um, of it all. And Aquarius is all about the age of enlightenment, like that uh-huh. each individual is responsible for their own enlightenment. Yeah. And you can't like, you can't, you know, crawl up someone else's stairway to heaven that yep. they built. You have to engage and understand what your heaven is and then how you're going to ascend to it. Yep. And we're coming from a place where like, no, everything is one size fits all, you know? Yeah. 
prepared to die for it. <laughs> yeah, I had a near-death experience in 2000 and uh, higher dimensional beings, I guess, I don't know, I went back to the source and the source told me that if I wanted to come back and uh, assist in the awakening that like I had like a job and stuff. So I think that's the only reason I have podcasts and was on Comedy Central and stuff was just so I could gather up the troops like I agreed to do. That was in 2000. I should have probably had you do that. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we can look it up. There's no, we have, we have the internet um, and we can definitely look up what was happening in 2000. I mean, and you also, so you're, you're, uh, mid heaven, the noon time where the sun is the highest on the day of your, of your birth, which is, is, you know, it indicates your most public self. Right. And kind of like a, your place in society or like what you can do to be your most, you know, high achieving, most visible self, uh, is in Gemini. So you're very verbal about what it is that, oh, wow. yeah, that, that you're bringing to, to the world. And also, um, Gemini Midheaven is a big, um, uh, comedy something. Oh, really? Yeah. People that make their living literally talking. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the Virgo ascendant Pisces dichotomy is huge. Uh, and it literally is like you come across as, or you view the world as someone who has a lot of discernment, a lot of, you know, um, you know, discriminates between this is right for me. This is wrong for me. Very imperm, you know, you can't penetrate yeah. what, uh, what Virgo, um, you know, sets in its in its way because Virgo's all all boundaries and then it so happens that you're like the most permeable soul ever wow <laughs> ever <laughs> um but then yeah and then like Aquarius Aquarius like wants to as long it's so interesting because like there's it's almost like you have a really good sense of self identity in terms of how you act on things like yeah. what what impels you to you know, activate and move and like impose your will. You're like your Mars. Your Mars yeah. is in Aquarius. So you have a very distinct, very individual to you way of going about things and activating. It's a fixed air sign. So it's fixed in its ways. It it knows itself and how it does things. And it and, and it doesn't want anyone else to like try to bite off of their their yeah. style. <laughs> it's like very not cool to Ari or to Aquarius. Um and at the same time, it's like you can't even you you whatever Aquarius is, you can't even try to imitate it. You know, it just falls flat because Aquarius is so individualistic. It's so its own self. It wants you to be its own self. Yeah. It wants you to be your own self. Um, so I feel like, yeah, the way it's kind of like a real misnomer um, in terms of you kind of I don't know gosh your emotions must be like so much and yet like totally fleeting and uh <laughs> yeah they're very yeah that's a great description and it's just um and also what's interesting is your sun and your moon also fall into your sixth house which is ruled by Virgo so there's a lot of this reinforcement between that boundaries complete lack of boundary you know, yeah, it, it's it's totally reinforced. And I think you've just um, gone along um, as a I don't I shit on Aquarius a lot, but I love Aquarius. Yeah. Like I, I love Aquarius. I'm just a Leo. So like I'm seeing it from the other side. Um, they both have to do with creative self-expression. Uh huh. The expression of the individual. But Leo needs an audience, you know, right. Leo archetypally is the benevolent monarch, you know, that rules and it reigns over the people and it is loyal to them as long as they're loyal to it. Yeah. And it's like this beautiful, you know, harmonious, whatever, unless it's a tyrant and a shit bag. And then, yeah. you know, they're ruling over people that don't want anything to do with it. And that's a problem. Um, but on the other side of it, like Aquarius totally rules its own domain. It just does it in, without it doesn't need any applause or an audience for it to do it in yeah. fact when people start following them around they're like yo fuck off yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then they learn they literally teach people by example um how to be 
how and why they need to express creatively their own individual sense right. of self. But then that once they teach them by example, they're like, they're gone, you know, it's right. an air sign keeps it moving. So, you know, um, I don't know how much stuff, I don't know. I also just think it's like really interesting that you are cre your, your Mars and your, your Mercury are also very close, um, in the fifth house, which is ruled by Leo. So there's kind of like a natural, just, it's kind of just like your, you know, domain. You're here to create stuff in a really, um, off the wall way. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that's like seemingly out of left field, but might also literally be the evolution of mankind. Yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty on point. What did the sixth house and the fifth house represent? So the fifth house is uh, the creative. Um, it's the I will. Um, it's it, ruled by Leo. So literally um, anything that you create, uh, both artistically, also procreation, also, um, in the fifth house and it's, and, and then the sixth house is, uh, where you really, it's like work and routine. It's, okay. it's where the creative play of the fifth house gets refined through uh, repeated, you know, addressing, like it's a routine, the sixth house, um, among other things, is like your if you have like a daily hygiene regimen or um, your work, your day to day work, not your career, your work. Um, also, we've identified the sixth house as a big thing um, in comedy because we literally have a routine, right? Interesting, yeah. So it's something that is like constantly addressed on daily, and it's interesting because your sun and your moon are both in there, so it's like your daily routine is where you realign and re-identify with your emotional self and your ego self. And if something had been, say, an overwhelming force as to how you spent your day, you know, or what kind of routines you engaged in, right? then it would ultimately have, it would, you would be aligning with that thing or that person or whatever it was that you spent your, like your day days doing oh interesting yeah so i mean like where your natal placements are isn't like where you spend all your time but it's just the natural outlet for it right um is there anything in my chart that i like play characters for a few years uh -huh. and then completely change my entire life premise is there something that indicates that? So, like, I was a born-again Christian for five years. Yeah. I was a meth addict for five years. I've had all of these different... I was a hypnotist. I was hardcore into recovery. Like, I just had these chunks of my life where I'm... Like, when the people from different parts of my life meet me... I know this makes me sound like a fucking uh, narcissist. But they they know totally different versions of me yeah. because I is that part of that sixth house thing where I just kind of become the thing I'm this reinventing yourself, yeah. you know and that's interesting. Um, I personally feel like one of the things that I that drives me insane about both Aquarius and Pisces um, are, is that they really just seem to just like stop on a dime and pivot like yep. in a completely oh, okay. different that's direction. a lot of why i thought i was aquarius i didn't know that was a pisces trait also well they they do the same thing for different reasons uranus um it's ruling planet is your uh, i mean uh aquarius it's ruling planet is uranus which is the planet of evolution visionary change um and it's because it's like really fast it just like blasts a lot of energy at uh anything that it really uh encounters so um when you think of saturn being like status quo yeah and like this is how it is this like kind of like stagnant you know energy aquarius just like blows that shit apart you know and then anything that's left standing is safe to build on it's like we're not stand we're not keeping these things around just <laughs> bless you <laughs> oh i'm just saying that into the microphone <laughs> um it's so like yeah, I think just like kind of change um, in general. Okay. As like a life force or something that you constantly readdress, both mentally and like in the way you communicate and in yeah. what you communicate and how you think. That's all represented, you know, by this Mercury energy. And it's like playing. It's, 
you kind of play at it until you like either make something that identifies with your son, you know, or like that your son becomes part of, yeah. you know, like how, how your life force is um, communicated to the world or you just kind of like let it go. This is another thing. Okay. You're, um, so you're on us. On your chart where it's placed, not not in terms of where, you know, your Aquarius, you know, planets place in Aquarius, but the actual planet of Uranus is in the second house, which represents your value, like your value systems. Interesting. So my guess is when things, um, you know, periodically and, and, and there's a connection between that and your Saturn and your Mars and your... Uh, Mercury. Okay, this is where it is. This okay. is this is this is where the through line is. It's because um, oh, this is like so wild because then you also have this other connection between your Neptune. Yeah, your nep. Okay, your Neptune is trying your Saturn. Um, but okay, so you do have this this square. Okay, um, this between how you think, how you do things, like how you activate, um, what you go after and how, and like your relationship to the physical limitations of life and things that you have to like have a concerted effort to overcome or progress in, you know, Saturn puts a big kibosh on like all the yeah, fun and enthusiasm. Mine's in Leo, right? Yeah. Yours is in Leo, um, which is interesting. And it's in the 11th house, which is also interesting, but we'll get into that. Um, the, but when something, when a planet uh, comes across any of your, either Uranus, Saturn, Mars, or Mercury, it is setting off what is ultimately a a change in it, it will immediately change your mindset. It immediately changes how you do things. It immediately changes um, you know, like your relationship to the rules. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also your, you know, kind of like vision or how you um, re relate to humanity in a yeah. way, but the, how you relate to humanity is in your second house of very physical, you know, tangible value systems. Okay. Yeah. Including things like romance, but mostly we think of the second house, although it's ruled by Venus as um, material okay. goods more. Pentacle energy. Pentacle energy. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Pentacle energy. That's right. Um. So you wanted. Did you want to talk? Yeah, let's talk about. So, well, for the last couple of years, my the premise of my life, because we're going to talk about transits. Right. The premise of my life has really been around love, kind of. Um, I don't, won't get too deep into the higher consciousness stuff, but I believe that we are going from 3D reality to the higher dimensions and that we kind of have to transmute the old programming. So... I have been in that process of kind of transmuting the old love to like 5D unconditional love, collective consciousness type love. And um, anyway, it's been a huge theme. So I was curious if that showed up. Well, it, it totally does. And also, again, anything that kind of affects your Uranus energy or anything, I mean... Just the relationship for you of the of the Aquarius and Pisces is like exactly what you just kind of said. It's yeah, like, it's it's like Aquarius like kind of doesn't show love, except yeah. it gets very enthusiastic about uh, like humans being humane, about humanity in itself. Like yeah, as like an object almost, not a not a collective of people. Yeah, and so. Um, and then all of a sudden it also lets go of its bound. It lets go of its fixity and it goes back to God in Pisces. It, it re it kind of like lets the ocean of emotion, the ocean of God back into it. Uh, I kind of feel like you're describing my summer. Well, <laughs> it sounds like a pretty groovy summer though. <laughs> um, and it, you know, I, it's funny cause, um, a, it's like Aquarius, like is the most, like cares the most, and yet it has no feelings. Yeah, and so um, 
and then all of a sudden like it can't it can't keep that barrier anymore so um I don't know exactly what happened, but I want to say that in the last two years, you had a pretty major uh, connection between Venus and the transiting Venus. I'm I'm doing this to the day. So this is for September 5th. Um, You had Venus conjunct exactly your Saturn. Um, And when I was looking into this, I was like, wow, this, uh, it said, okay, well, one of the things that I, I looked up, it said that Venus, uh, transiting Venus conjunct your natal Saturn constricts your affection and love for practical reasons. <laughs> um, reconsidering the meaning of personal and professional relationships. Um, and while it can diminish the kind of romantic feeling or what you usually think of as you know love loving feelings yeah and it can also be very favorable uh like materially or economically professionally um so you might have had like a like a full stop on romance um as you kind of reassessed it and what it meant to you Mm -hmm. how it had affected your life previously whether or not there were boundaries or um, not yeah. <laughs> previous, and then all this and and how it affects your kind of like status in life. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so all of a sudden, yeah. So I would say that's like probably like a good. This is the summer that I filmed This Is Not Happening, and uh, my marriage was falling apart at the time because, uh, in retrospect, I think me doing This Is Not Happening and being on the brink of making it or whatever, you know, what I perceived was going to be making it, um, and a husband who didn't want to let me do that, I guess, um, really kind of shook things up. I mean, obviously, comedy won. Yeah. But... Good thing we need you. Yeah. I mean, as... Yeah. You need me doing these three shows a year? We need you to do all the shows and um, definitely some more astrology podcasts, you know? <laughs> and just, just, like, overall, like, life experience. Like, something that has, like, kept us really separate from each other um, is the fact that, like, no one talks about their hardships, you know? And, like, yeah. all this stuff used to be so closeted where whatever your struggle was if it was out in the open you were the fucked up one you know and now it's like no like podcasting and just like everyone literally being responsible for their own enlightenment yeah is it's revolutionary and it's evolutionary it is huge yeah and i and i can tell by your chart and from knowing you and your and your you know work your comedy that you're you're on the path, man. Hell yeah. You're in the vortex. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would like love to see exactly what happened. I want to see the out of like the out of body uh, experience. The uh, what did you call it? Near death experience. Oh, near death experience. Yeah, near death experience. So I think I was. It was between New Year's and my birthday. I'm almost positive because by my birthday. I was already wearing prom dresses and the near death experience had something to do with that. I was wearing a tiara. It's fucking weird when I think back now because for five months, for months leading up to my near-death experience, I was wearing a wedding veil around for no fucking reason. Just like out at the dance club and from like a, you know, synchronicity standpoint. And when people would be like, "Did you, are you getting married? I'd say, no, I'm getting divorced. Wow. And I wasn't. Like I'd been long since. Di- uh, and then I died in the wedding veil. So I don't know when the card filled up but we were down some other twin flame rabbit hole who me yeah (laughs) and um so but you've since looked up the chart of the month of my near-death experience because i can't remember the exact date yeah you have so much stuff happening right here that it's like um and and when they say when whoever it was that told you um that you had like met or like overcome your karmic yeah path or journey or whatever um so Pluto and okay, transiting Pluto and Chiron. Okay, so like literally, um, soul trans, soul level transformation, and then like the wounding, wounded, the wound that heals if you go keep addressing it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
were both exactly on your Neptune. Um, oh, shit. And Neptune is, you know, your ruling planet because it's both, because your sun and your moon are both in Pisces. Wow. Okay, so, like, it's like, oh, yeah, this place where, um, and this is obviously everyone was um, activated by this, by the energy. I mean, Pluto and Chiron were both in Sagittarius for everybody at this time in 2000. Um but for you, it was literally like what you communicate, how you communicate, all of that changing on a soul level. Holy shit. Like there's no way that it could not. Your The moon was also exactly, uh, the transiting moon was, uh, well, I guess like I shouldn't do that because we don't have an exact date. So we'll, we'll move on from there because the moon, you know, moon is always speeding right along. But okay, then the other thing is your Jupiter uh, or transiting Jupiter was exactly on your Chiron, your wounded, wounded healer. I'm huge into Chiron. Um, and you said that you know about the wounded healer, but you're not like super familiar. Right. So, so yeah. So Chiron is, you know, in mythology, he's a centaur. Um, and he's like the wisest, he's like a super wise teacher. He taught all these ancient Greeks, some of them gods, some of them humans, some of them half human, half God, how to do all the things, you know, they taught, he taught them about science, he taught them about medicine, art, all this stuff. And he's immortal and he could teach all these people how to, um, you know, how to heal things. Uh, and then he gets shot with a poisoned arrow that's been tipped, um, it was a revenge thing. I, I don't remember the whole th scenario. But the point is, he gets hit with an arrow that is powerful enough to wound him, but not kill him. So now he has to live eternity with this wound, which is a huge slap in the face. Because he literally like had reached this level of notoriety teaching the greats how to heal. God damn it. Teaching them science. They're teaching them medicine. Uh, and so, um, instead of like letting him li live as a gimp for the whole time, you know, this, <laughs> this, uh, this goddess, um, you know, he basically exchanged his, his life and became a, a star. He was able to die, but he would still live immortally in the heavens. Right. So, um, Air or, uh, Aquarius for us is, um, uh, Aquarius for us. Why am I saying Aquarius is that Chiron for us is, this wound that never heals, okay? Everyone has one. Um, I can't remember how long a, a Chiron stays in a sign, but I want to say it's like two years or something like that. Okay. Maybe longer. Um, I could look that up. I do have a computer in front of me. But uh, the most important thing is where it is in your life is, um, is the thing that, is kind of like the thing that inhibits you, but if you don't allow it to inhibit you and instead like use it to teach others from your wound, yeah, that is how you heal yourself and how you can like impart uh, a lot of power for that person to like become a maverick. You know, like we're yeah. all kind of karmically connected. Yeah. And so when someone is like karmically... All of my really, all of my encounters from the person who I fucking give change to on the street to like, you know that ass bag that dicked me over like, uh, you know, a year or so ago. Um, they're all so karmic for me. Um, and when you just, when you find yourself just like teaching or imparting information to someone, it's probably because that's the knowledge that they needed to like go on and grow. Right. Um, but it's also, you needed to be able to do something with your pain. Interesting. I wonder where that was for the last two years <laughs> when my whole podcast was just me unpacking my trauma. I mean, the fact that right now, like every you have like there's like five signs, five planets that are all in Virgo and they're all in your 12th house of your subconscious. Jesus. So it's like, no, there there is like all of the all of the universe is like just shining like a big beam into your subconscious. <laughs> and you're like, ah. But at the same time, like you've I think over these past few years, you've just like kind of gotten more comfortable with it. Yeah. 
So now you're like kind of ready for that. Yeah. And what's cool is that like when you shine light on things and like you're not afraid of them anymore. Yeah, it definitely has been like a finding my shadow. And then I call it the duffel bag of feelings. It was like a year of what I called the infinite onion of trauma where it was like, how many layers are there to this? And then I finally like, boom, I hit I hit pay dirt. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I have emotions I have a lot of emotions and because I just didn't feel them forever and then now I'm just like for a while I was just dragging around this duffel bag of feelings and now it's starting to get to the part where I'm like oh I can just integrate all this stuff and actually be a a much more balanced uh more superpowers you know with these emotions yeah and just like a more whole you know fully integrated individual and interestingly you didn't have you have you don't have any intercepted signs which is like when a whole house gobbles up a a sign so it doesn't have the 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 lessons of that sign and the character traits of that sign didn't have a way to um express themselves from a young age like you kind of like never build that muscle yeah um which is funny because i have my interception is Virgo and Pisces. So I have a problem with boundaries um, similar to you, but different uh, in the sense that my um, either having all the boundaries or none of them was a product of my early environment. Oh, I chose okay. to be in an environment like that so I could like learn these hard lessons yeah. and then teach others what to do, like how to do it. Right. Um, uh, and, but yours is much, is a much more individual thing. It's like, no, I've, I've, the ascendant sign in karmic astrology, um, the sign on the ascendant was your sun sign the very last time you were here. You're, so your very last incarnation, you were a Virgo. Interesting. Yeah. So then you learn how to operate as a Virgo. You learn how to analyze things, you know, how to make things better, you know, perfect things, refine them. Um, you know, I always think of uh, there's it's not practical, but useful hypercriticism. <laughs> yeah. Um, that Virgo kind of like, uh, gives to its natives. And then, and yet in terms of what your moon expects with your emotions, except where your soul expects is I am a, I am, but a drop in a pool of, yeah. Of emotion and, and stuff. I don't know. I'm like kind of loving this connection between Pisces and Aquarius because it reminds me of two really far out images. Um, one of them is that uh, this one time someone described us all being part of God as God looking into a mirror and God, it reflects God, a singular being. But God wants to understand God better. So God touches the glass of the mirror and it shatters into an infinite number of little, of, of ident of individual parts. Okay. And now no two of them are the same. And now, and we are each one of those individual things. Wow. It's still reflecting God back as a whole. Yeah. But all as. This is just like what we were just talking about, that the procession of the ages is just a series of, consciousness splitting up into a million different pieces and then coming back together and splitting up into a million pieces and coming back together. Yeah. This year, like I, I, I always came from a very, um, you know, like I, I loved unicorns and witches and vampires and all this kind of stuff, but I never was into science fiction. It was like a little too sciencey for me. And it's only in recent. And so I was always into like metaphysics and I was always into astrology and then my best friend like the mirrors that I found were all super into science and they like they never had religion like they didn't care about God and then we kind of like switched places I remember coming back to for like winter break and my best friend who is a science major and you know she wanted to join the FBI and I thought I was gonna like you know be a cult leader like I don't know what (laughs) I was gonna do um and she came back and she was like dude I'm like really she's like I'm actually becoming a religious studies minor because there's so much stuff in my science that I'm like dude there really is more there like there's the truth is out there like it's not just an x-files slogan you know yeah and she was like and you can't describe the truth or even get at the truth without like accounting for God even if you just put God in as like a 
uh, as like a variable as a, or as a, a, a constant, you know, like a, an yeah. I, you know, whatever yeah. that, that I number is like this. So she's like, we don't have a name for it, but it's like there. So now I'm like into finding out about it from all of these different cultural perspectives. I and love it. I know. And, and that's how I was. I went the other way. I was like, no, God's always been like a thing. Like it's always been like, I've always identified with God. I, I mean, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be confirmed Catholic. My mom and I almost killed each other over it, but I was always very like into, I was always spiritual. And I, I knew that religion was just a vehicle, like, you know, to get to spirituality. Some yeah. people need it more than others. Um, but then I was like, dude, I'm like seeing all this like overlap between vibrations and, yep. you know, I was like, wow, why, why didn't I, how did I not understand that waves in physics or like sound waves and light waves, like they're all waves of energy, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, how did I not understand this? And then, I mean, when people talk about astrology being bullshit and I'm like, you know what? I think it's like a codex. I call it like a map key. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's a, there's a part of you that knew that you were going to forget who you are when you came here and you left yourself a map. And if life is a video game, which is my favorite metaphor for, for what reality is, there is cheat codes mm -hmm. in that if you learn about the transits and you learn about the energies, that doesn't mean you can't do something. But why would you choose to do it when the energy is pushing the other direction? Yeah. This uh, this Jupiter in retrograde and Saturn in retro. How long has Saturn been in retrograde? Oh, um, I thought Saturn turned direct. Saturn's turning direct next week, I think. Oh, okay. Jupiter turned direct last month. Mm. And but that's that Jupiter retrograde was a game changer. That was really when all of this love stuff came to a like a boiling point. Yeah. I broke up like within a few days of Jupiter going retrograde uh -huh. and then went on this like journey of figuring everything out on my own and then found out I was codependent and then started healing that wound. And then uh, right around the time that it went direct was like right around the time that it was like I finally like figured it out. It's pretty crazy. Um, is, oh, well, yeah, Jupiter is direct in your chart. I mean, Jupiter went retrograde right through my first sign of, or my first house of identity. I'm a Sagittarius Ascendant, so it literally went direct on my Ascendant sign. Oh, shit. Yeah. And what's interesting is I I think I may have also let go of, like, my last little glimpses of, of codependency, um, and especially what I think is, like, a, a real nodal um uh, you know, moon node thing. Where's your new moon nodes? What's the deal with your nodes? This is like, what do the nodes mean? The nodes are your path to enlightenment. If we're talking, uh, your chart being a map that you left for yourself and bread, breadcrumbs back to what you've already experienced. And then like a, a huge neon sign pointing to what you need to do for your soul to evolve. Right. So you can like leave the matrix indefinitely if you want to. Um, your North node is is the sign that you literally consciously said, this is what you need to integrate for you to break this shit, uh, at least for this cycle. And for you, let's see, where are your nodes, man? Um, your node. Oh, that's, Oh my God. We have like completely opposite nodes. That's so fucking crazy. Okay. Um, so yeah, your North node is in Libra. It is uh, 27 degrees Libra. So what you actually are learning to integrate is a healthy, is is how to relate in relationship in a healthy manner. In, <laughs> in, a, dip, in a diplomatic manner. Because the opposite way of doing things, what you're used to doing is doing the I am. You have yeah. no... You have no problem acting as an individual. Um, but you also crave partnership. In fact, you crave, uh, I mean, Pisces doesn't crave just like partnership. It literally craves like engulfment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. It wants to morph into the other, it wants yeah. two to become one. Um, and, 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 and yet the way that you like relate and associate to things, um, naturally is in Aries and that's also the sign of your love sign. Also you have this, um, like your, uh, Venus is opposite, uh, is opposite Pluto. So 
<laughs> There's a lot of like deep soul transformation that all is happening along the lines of the I am versus the we are. Yeah. You naturally already know how to operate as the I am. Uh-huh. And there is a both a push and a pull towards operating in partnership as the we are. Yeah. And like but it's like every experience that you've had in the we are up to this point has either negated the I am because you've surrendered it. Yeah. Fuck. Or you didn't even like maybe the reason what brought you to the I am was so like either so self-motivated or uh, something that just like um, or, or just like you felt like partnership was like have to happen so i okay so i just want to talk about your because i i have your chart for your um your near-death experience yeah. um so uh on top of having chiron transiting chiron and pluto on top of your neptune you also had transiting jupiter which expands all things exactly conjunct your um your chiron and also your chiron and your venus are both in aries and it's like right in 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 your what's that called your north node is in between those two things. So to me, I see like a relationship, and and when you think of like something transiting something, first it affects your love, yeah, right, and then it affects your first it affects your Venus, and then it affects your. I'm looking at my degrees here, and then it affects your north node, and then it affects your Chiron. Or it affects your nose and then it affects your current. So basically, let's say, um, I don't know. Oh, well, let's say Jupiter. Let's say, so this is what happened with Jupiter. Now, I forget how long it takes, like, Jupiter to move. But let's say it was, let's say it was, like, a year before your near-death experience. Okay? okay. It may have been, I should really look up. Can you look up how long Jupiter takes, a, um, like, how fast it moves through a sign? I thought it was a year. Through a sign? Mm-hmm. Really? I think, it, I think it's longer. But whatever it is, so... Ju- like 15 months, maybe? All right, so maybe, like, um, three months before your near-death experience, something expanded your love and affection, like, real big. It could be... I don't know. You fell in love with something. Um, something. Okay. Your sense of meth. Okay. Uh, totally possible. I mean, totally. You know, that's we're we're here for it. So, uh, oh well. And then also, it was in opposition to your native your um, natal Pluto placement. So yeah, this is a. This is a very intense, yeah. obsessive yeah. kind of. I was in a very I'm codependent uh, in love. Yeah, the, no, there was a, an extremely toxic love would be an exaggeration, but back then I would have called it love. Right, I was in an extremely toxic relationship from like October, maybe. Okay, October to yeah, that's probably about right. September, October, and then we broke up like a month before my near death experience. So what? What I see here is that first something expanded your sense of love Mm -hmm. and your focus on love and your obsession with love, your investment and your, you know, engagement. The tone that you have is really perfect. So you're all up in this love shit, right? (laughs) And then it, uh, the next thing that it triggers is your, um, south node, which is that of like leaping before you look, only like being the I am. You know, like yeah. I, on my own path, me, 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 you know, I don't know how to, rea- uh, how to whatever in partnership. So I'm going to like, like, I'm just going to be very impulsive and yeah. o- act only in my own right with literally no regard for anything or anyone else. There's only me. And then like literally within maybe like a couple of weeks, the, Jupiter on top of your Chiron is like full stop breaks. Wow. And it's in the eighth house, which is literally the house of death. 
death, rebirth, transformation. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm in this toxic relation. I just told this story because this story is possibly connected to how I died, but physically how I died. But I freak out and break up with this boyfriend and move into a different house. I move into a house of a guy who told me that he was sent from Hawaii to awaken somebody. And he was like, I'm pretty sure it was you. Yeah, I was I didn't want I was starting to interject earlier, but then I was like, never mind, tell your story. He said that he came from a group of people in Hawaii and they told him to come wake someone up. His mother's name was Karma. And he uh, he said, I think you were the one. And so he sent me this thing of Nietzsche and schizophrenia. And he was like, this stuff is going to happen to you. And then I die. And then I wake up in a house, the house of the person I had broken up with. And I there's Nietzsche. Uh, thus spake whatever the fuck is on the thing and I read it and I understand what it's talking about with the uh, an article that guy had sent me about the superhuman and how we were evolving into the superhuman and then his name has come up several times it's been spray painted on things this guy's last name anyway I contacted him on Facebook and he's like yeah my name's my mom's name's karma and I came from Hawaii but I don't know what you're talking about and I'm like well we definitely had a long conversation but this isn't the first time that somebody has spoken words to me that they don't remember but yeah this is a wild a fucking wild era and then I go single I, I don't I don't even fuck somebody for over a year after this it was the year of the un unsexable beast I think it was 2001 July of 2001 when my uh, soulmate showed up I would love to do a, a collection of twin flame charts to see if there's a indicator and the collection of near death experience charts to see if there is a indicator I mean, I like really can't even get over how because I didn't even realize when I first when I first pulled up this date for the jupe, you know, for your near death experience, I was like, OK, well, Jupiter is on Chiron. OK, like, let's look further and stuff. And then I realized like, oh, no, like you're you have this like love energy that is like 10 degrees away and from then your south node which is like you know when we talk about um being our worst self you know oh i was the worst <laughs> yeah. self so like jupiter amplifying the worst worst self mode of operation and then crash landing into it's expanding the wound that you have which is here's the interesting thing about the timeline <laughs> Is uh, So I had this toxic relationship with this guy for I think it was exactly three months before my near-death experience. It was basically me taking over his house and stuff. And he was very hot, and but he like barely spoke English and it was like a dumb relationship. But <laughs> I was high on meth and I brought all my baggage from my last relationship. And it was mostly, it was insane. But uh, he ends up, I end up leaving and moving into the house of the Hawaiian. Uh, who was like, you can come stay here, and then later told me uh, that I was invited to come stay there because he needed to protect me during this time. This is all before I die. Once I die, I never... He doesn't remember. Yeah. He remembers me living there. He's like, I just don't remember telling you that I was supposed to wake you up. But none. I just was like, this dude is fucking high. When he was telling me this stuff, he was like, I was supposed to bring you here to protect you. And then I die. And then I can't find this dude anywhere to be like, oh my God, I know what you're talking about. Right? Because it was gibberish when he said it to me. Anyway... Two weeks before I, this would totally line up. I don't know the exact date, but now it's starting to come back. Two weeks before. So the guy I moved out of his house, my supposed best friend, started fucking him. And she imme immediately moved into his house. So I'm at the Ohm, the same place that I later die. And uh, it's so funny how much of this took place at a bar called the Ohm. And I threw a drink into her face. And she was like trying to apologize, trying to talk to me. And I threw a drink into her face. The day that I die, I'm back at this house and her and my former boyfriend are fighting. And I end up stuck like counseling her. And I'm like, why am I counseling this bitch? You know, but I'm just feeling all this love and compassionate for uh, compassion for her, which is like out of character for me because I'm kind of a bully in this phase of my life. And then I tell her, nothing outside of you can affect you, good or bad, unless you let it. Which is bumper sticker shit right now, but it's like, this was groundbreaking stuff in 2000. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, where am I coming up with this bullshit, Jessa? I had done a lot of ketamine. And so I was like... Ugh, good old ketamine. Oh, fuck. I was like, <laughs> do I believe this? And as I'm talking to her, I'm running all my life, all the trauma for my life through this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess those things happened, but I got to decide what the narrative was. And then when I died, they told me that that's what I came to learn and I learned it. So now I get to stay if I want. So like that was the end of my karmic path. 
I'm into it. Yeah, that's crazy. All I got to say is I really, this is going to sound uh, not very not sober-ish, but uh, I really feel like there's some like really incredible meditative qualities of ketamine that uh, I feel like I've ha- I've unlocked some like real secrets of my no, own DNA. No, I'm... I'm- Pro any of the psychedelic, yeah. Any of the any any of what I would call the club drugs. Any yeah. of the psychedelics are just absolutely to get behind the veil. No, I'm definitely uh, not coke. I'm not. Yeah, calling. coke is so unimaginative. Coke is like the alcohol. Ketamine, ketamine, yes. Like ketamine, coke. MDMA, acid, acid, mushrooms, DMT. You can get ketamine therapy. I, I know people who have gotten over, who have kicked in horrendous uh, opio- uh, heroin addictions and opioid addictions using ketamine and using um, acid. Or, or Like, it was either or, but I know people who have experimented with both as just a lifestyle choice, and they're like, and I never even, like, considered, you know, like, popping a Percocet again. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But, like, more importantly, I just think, like, I, every time, actually, Joe Rogan talks about a, um, a what's that? No, well, I loved I love DMT. I love synthesizing my own. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, when he talks about what do you call those um when you have no senses it's a sense step sensory deprivation you know, like yeah. chamber and i was like what like i was like we like why don't you just do it the old fashioned way yeah. just do a rail of <laughs> ketamine yeah what about the k-hole <laughs> yeah. all right i have to get ready for the show that i wish i didn't have to do cuz i am into this right now but um where can people find you to get a reading okay uh you can find me at anamkara astrology a n m c h a r um, follow me on Elise E-L-I-S-E Anamkara I should like really like change these names at the same time I'm really just wanting the collective to come around to Anamkara Nis which is a soul friend it literally is Gaelic for soul friend um, or a friend from before and um, we're an Anamkara is like when you meet someone and you know that you know each other from before and you never met in this Are lifetime. Are you like an expert on like t- uh, past lives and and karma? I've just had a lot of them. Like okay. I've literally had a lot of them, and like they're just kind of like seamless. I think that's where my boundaries lack. Is where I don't know if it's like a this lifetime or last lifetime, but like whatever. Let's just do this. I get more people familiar with their own and like hip to the fact that they've had past lifetimes just by I've been s- trying to find somebody to talk to about past lives on the podcast because it's been coming up in people's readings a lot and I just don't know that much about that or karma but it's like a huge theme right now but I feel like you know a lot I mean you're talking these realms walk-ins like stuff like that how do you feel yeah. about Noreen Doreen Virtue po- she get- jumping ship uh, it's so strange, right? What the fuck? I only know that because I was looking through oracle cards and I saw people like fuck this strange it's really strange i think it's like frightening i uh, to me it's like to me like when i watch her now i mean i don't watch her often because it's like grating to my soul i'm like what happened so she like was very awake and then went to sleep and became a christian is that what happened well it's almost like she became a fundamentalist but in like the weirdest way uh you know like taking christ's words verbatim and very literal where instead of like what I think is a natural thing which is to just accept that all of these teachings they converge on the same place you know like we come from the same place they all like come back to the same place and instead she's like if you incorporate any kind of light work anything if you do anything outside of the word of God the word of God then you are in the devil's domain and it's like what? she believes in the debt. Like what? Yeah, like she allows. She actually doesn't do. She's like she has a billion dollar, you know, like thing of of you know oracle cards and everything. She's the angel number and lady. She was the woman who literally has a whole study. I mean, the way that she came up, you know, or she had students who would identify what they believed to be their own past lives, you know, and that's how she started to make these fields of, you know, a, a wise one. I'm a wise one, you know. Uh, um, this is, like, you know, so far out. But, like, elementals, 
Earth Angels. That's what, that's yeah. a book, Earth Angels. Yeah. Um, but she came up with Earth Angels was something that organically came about by her having students talk about, you know, their own experiences and identifying with them. And so she was kind of like, okay, well, this is like, you know, something that I, this is like a earthly incarnation of an angel. And this is a earthly incarnation of someone who has spent many lifetimes as, you know, a, a leprechaun or a mermaid or a whatever. Maybe she was channeling before or something. That's bananas. Well, I think, I mean, whatever she was, whatever she channeled, I want to know what she channeled to make her like flip the script. Yeah. I'm resistant to the idea that you can go back to sleep that hard, but I've seen plenty of people do it. They bump up against the piece of programming that they don't want to release, and then they just go the fuck back to sleep. So she probably crossed over too far, saw something she wasn't. I definitely, in the last month, have had plenty of experiences where I'm like, whew, this is, uh, this is flying too close to the sun. I've, like, I've gotten freaked out. And I've had, like, I just, I can see beings all like this grid work and everything i can see it constantly i can see it more than i can see anything else but like i have like uh floated far enough off of 3d reality that i've been like oh this is a little bit uh intense for like day-to-day -day life to be but um yeah i can't imagine i can't imagine god i wish i could stay and not do this show but um all right guys uh Check her out. You can get readings from her. Is there, they can book them on your website? Yeah. Um, Elise Edwards, uh, EliseWalkerEdwards.com. And yeah, Anamkara Astrology. Just hit me up on any of those things and uh, we'll figure it out if you want to over the phone, in person, um, or, you know, maybe get on the new Discount Disco podcast. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, if you need a reading from me, you can find me at jessareed.com. There's links to all my stuff there as well. Uh, see you next week.